0: This podcast is brought to you by AD Banker & Company. They help you meet your insurance continuing education deadline in ways not as boring as you'd think. Go to a live in-person class or choose a webinar, which will come to you. Learn more at adbanker.com. Sandy Widmer is a successful business owner in Casper, Wyoming. Sandy began her insurance career at the young age of 48. Prior to that, she taught high school physical education and also coached volleyball both at the high school and the junior college level. She began her farmer's agency with 200 policies and one staff member and has since grown it into over 6,000 policies with over eight staff. Sandy has qualified for and been recognized with many achievement clubs and farmer's insurance group. She has attended Toppers Club 13 times, Championship 10 times, and has also been named President's Counsel seven times. She also was named Personal Lines Agent of the Year in 2013, received the Tyler and Levy Award in 2014, and was named Agent of the Year in 2015. She is also a member of the Million Dollar Roundtable. Sandy has three children, four grandchildren, and loves to travel and play golf with her husband, Bert. She has lived in Casper, Wyoming since 1978, but also enjoys her second home in Chandler, Arizona. Well, Sandy, it's great to have you on the program today. Uh, how is everything in Casper?
1: Thank you, Dennis. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Casper is actually pretty today. It, the sun is out, and it's a little breezy, but, you know, spring is around the corner, so it's it's pretty nice.
0: You know, we're just downwind from you here in Kansas City, and we're getting torrential rains today. Did that leave a little <laughs> bit that behind? Uh, did it leave some up there in Wyoming on, before it uh, got down here?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm actually looking out my window right now and the mountains are covered in snow so ours was snow unfortunately in the springtime but it you know it's it sure is pretty afterwards so you usually get what we just had
0: uh... that description sounds beautiful i wish i could be there to uh... uh share the view with you
1: uh... it is it's, it's a beautiful place to live
0: well i appreciate you dialing in and uh... joining us today uh... you might tell our uh... guest uh, audience uh... what do you do uh... there in casper wyoming tell us a little bit about your business uh... as it looks today
1: okay i can do that i am a farmers insurance agent and uh... I have been an agent now for 13 years, and we've grown our agency from, oh, we started out with about 200 policies and one staff member, and now we are, um, actually, there's nine of us now. I just hired a new employee, and we're up to 6,000 policies, and we do all kinds of insurance. We do commercial. We do personal. We do, um, you know, toys, boats, trailers, uh, builder's risk. You name it. I also do some financial services. We, I have my Series Six license. So we write a lot of life insurance, and we do some investment things for people.
0: Boy, it sounds like you've got a lot going on, uh, and uh,
1: <laughs> the wheels turn constantly at this at this office. So organization and systems are pretty crucial in our operation.
0: Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's uh, that's cool. Uh, hey, I want to just kind of take you back and uh, learn a little more about you. Uh, Where did you come from? Uh, I know you live in Casper, Wyoming now, but uh, where were you born and raised?
1: I do live in Casper, and I've been here, gosh, since 1978. I was a school teacher here for 26 years, but prior to that, I was born and raised in Lyons, Kansas, a little small town right in the middle of the state. And, of course, Kansas City is kind of my old stomping grounds. I graduated from Emporia State University, and... um, my um, ex-husband and I moved out to Casper, and Guy got, got my teaching job, and he, he worked for um, another company, and so we, we stayed in Casper. I've been here ever since.
0: Now the Emporia State isn't wasn't, isn't that the their mascot is like the bee or the hornet, uh, something like yeah, that. Do you still, still have it. black and gold uh, apparel in your closet? <laughs>
1: No, I had to give that up for the, well, I had to give the black and gold up for the orange and black. That was the high school that I, I, because I, I coached volleyball and basketball and those kinds of things. So I traded in my colors.
0: Now, didn't you start out to be a school teacher? Uh, was that what you got into I, when I you did. first got out of college?
1: I did. I was a physical education teacher at the high school level, and I also coached volleyball and basketball. My main sport was volleyball. And then I also coached, uh, while I was still teaching at the high school, I coached at the junior college here in Casper for several years. So when I quit coaching, I kind of was looking for things to do, you know, because I had spent so much time working that a friend of mine was an agent. He said, why don't you get your Insurance license and see if you could just, you know, sell a little insurance for me on the side. So I did and it interested me and that's kind of how I got my beginning. I was still teaching school really just with the intent of making a little extra money on the side.
0: Now was that uh, in Kansas or was that when you uh, were in Wyoming?
1: Nope, that was in Casper. I actually did not start into the insurance industry until I was in my mid forties. So I had already put in a full career of teaching and that kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. it was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a direction I was really seeking. It was just kind of one that found me, I guess. But it's. It's been very, very good for me. So.
0: So what uh, was happening in your life at that time when the insurance opportunity came along that made it look like a, an attractive career for you?
1: Well, you know, I was. I was at that time a single mom, and I had three children, and I was teaching school, and like I said, I had quit coaching, so. I thought, well, this might be, I was going to get my master's, and I just really didn't know what I wanted to do there, and it was expensive. So I um, thought, well, I'll just study for the insurance test and see how that turns out. Well, I passed the test. I started working for this agent, you know, just on the side. And pretty soon after that, an agency actually came open with farmers. I was working for a farmer's agent at the time, excuse me. <clears throat> and uh an agency came open, and they asked me if I wanted to take over that little 200 policies and the secretary and I found out I could retire early from the state of Wyoming. So I took a big leap of faith and, and just started in a whole new direction.
0: Well, that's neat. Were you, were you one of those being a school teacher? Were you one of those really smart students and got like 95 or a hundred percent on your insurance <laughs> licensing test?
1: Oh no, I struggled with that. It. it was totally foreign to me. I mean, that was a industry i never thought about going into. So I was pretty much self taught you know i I learned everything on my own, so it was it was a little bit of a struggle. The fact that I passed it the first time, I felt pretty good about it I think maybe I got a seventy five or something on the test, but you know so i i had my i had my my certification my license so that I could start working, and you know the insurance industry is one of those that you just have to constantly educate yourself because yeah. new situations and things arise all the time so yeah. it it was interesting to me and challenging and so I just kinda of took it on
0: you know as a single mom and then as a woman in the business uh, what was uh, one of the obstacles that you faced early on that you, you really had to work on to overcome uh, to get things moving in the right direction
1: you know probably well when I first started I was um, still teaching and so i was actually teaching and running my agency at the same time plus i had three kids one you know one in high school one had already gone to college but you know just managing my time as a mom and as a professional became you know i'd always done that with coaching but it was kind of a whole different um obviously a whole different business i it was a whole different world, a whole different view. I, I was out of the education box and into the business world. So I had to rearrange and it, it, it was a struggle sometimes to, to try to prioritize, you know, I wanted to prioritize my kids, obviously, and, and that was tough, but it all worked out okay. I, you know, I look back and I think, gosh, how did I make it through some of those days? But, you know, you just put your head down and you go and, and it
0: all worked out. So, I, you know, I'm guessing that, you know, uh, coaching, you have a pretty set schedule and you're, uh, you know, what you're going to be doing on a given day. But the insurance business, I would expect, would bring in some unexpected things like customers want to speak with you uh, regarding a claim or regarding coverage. Uh, they have their own agendas and their own schedules, So that could uh, be disruptive. And uh, you apparently have done very well in managing the, that process and getting some order to it.
1: Well, you know, one thing that I, when I first started my business, I, I just kind of had, I guess, a vision, I guess, more than anything. I guess now they call it a business plan. And, you know, that was the whole thing. I really didn't have, I came from a business family, but I didn't really have a lot of Experience running a business, so I had to sit down and kind of figure out what I wanted my business to look like and what my vision was going to be. And I decided from the very first day that I was going to set myself apart from every other insurance agent, whether they're a farmer's agent or state farm or whatever in our, in our town. And I was going to set myself apart and I was going to do things that other agents didn't do. And so one thing that I did, I, I knew from the very beginning that I had to have a system for everything that we did, and honestly, that probably was one of the smartest things that are epiphanies that I came upon is to have a system for everything, and and because as you build and as you grow your agency and as you add staff, you keep those basic systems, but obviously they change based on your needs, but the system and, and being very um, picky, I guess, about how things were done made it so much easier to keep every, you know, to keep all the plates spinning at one time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It, without revealing any trade secrets, but what was the system that you found that worked best for you for prospecting and acquiring new customers?
1: Well, you know, what I did, I, I decided, too, that I was going to market a lot because a lot of people knew me around town as a physical education teacher, as a coach, as a college coach but they didn't know that I had switched professions. So I started with advertising. I did billboards. My town's about 60,000 people, and so I put myself on billboards. I used my picture so people would know. Of course, for a couple years, they thought I was a real estate agent, but pretty soon they got the idea. I sent out a lot of letters, so I just – I really – let people know what I was doing. I got really involved in the community. I got I joined Rotary and mainly because as a school teacher I wasn't able to do a lot of those things and I wanted to give back to my community. So I got involved in the community. People started understanding what I was doing now and you know that that I just kinda of put myself out there and that really did help generate a lot of, of um business.
0: I think I uh in our earlier conversation you mentioned that you've been really active in the Rotary uh and other community groups. Uh what what role does uh your involvement in, in groups like that uh, have on your business and uh has, has that been a uh, a definite advantage?
1: Well I I oh it definitely has. Um and you know I think it depends on the uh attitude that you go into it with. If you're going into those things with the idea of trying to grow your business, I I'm not sure that's gonna work for you but if you go in the with the idea of of this is my community these are the people that I'm asking to be my clients so I want to support this community and giving of my time you know as a community service type thing I I really feel like it positions you you know to be that person that that you want to be somebody that wants to be involved somebody that's not just looking for you know oh here's my business card you know giving it out to all the rotary members that when you give things come back to you tenfold and so i i i experienced that i'm i've been really blessed casper is a great community to do to do business in and it's a great community to be involved in so um it it definitely helps as far as just positioning yourself to be a very credible um person in your in your community
0: you know we have listeners all over the country and we're not sure that uh, how many of them may have been in Casper describe for us what's the the economic climate in Casper and what's the the economic drivers of the economy there in your community
1: we have a lot of energy a lot of, um, we had a lot of coal in the whole state. Not so much now, obviously, but um, we are a big ranching state. But more than that, we're a big oil. It used to be uranium, but oil has has kind of been the driving force. We've diversified a lot since the early 80s when the first oil boom came. But um, we definitely are, we're a very transitional community because we have a lot of people moving in and out based on, you know, what the oil Field is doing and what production is doing and that kind of thing. So we're kind of right now we're we're struggling a little bit. We're facing a little bit tougher economic time. Um Unemployment is not is not very high here, but you know there have been a, we've seen a lot of people move out, and so I've lost a lot of really good clients just simply because they've moved. So our business you know is is gauged a lot by what what happens as far as people moving in and out of town and with the oil industry
0: you know what's uh, kind of been the the sweet spot of your business uh or where have you focused your attention on uh, was it w- would you say it's balanced between personal lines and commercial lines or is it or is it more uh toward one end or the other of that
1: i will tell you that's that's the other plan that i had when we first started was um because we can offer so many different products I just felt it was really, really important to try to balance that out as much as possible. Um, we write a lot of commercial business, we write a lot of personal lines business we write a lot of life insurance and I can't say we started out that way i I grew our base from a personal personal lines book of business and um one thing that I've always done is really <clears throat> excuse me really try to focus on multi policy households we we not to say we wouldn't write a single auto household, that's, that certainly, you know, everybody needs insurance, but we market and we focus more to what we would call the preferred client, somebody that is a multi-policy household. So we start with the basics of home, auto, umbrella, and then we go into, you know, commercial, a lot of people are business owners, we go into, you know, rental properties, All of that kind of thing on top of that. But so I've really tried hard in the last, oh, I would say probably six years to work on not just personal line things, but to extend into the commercial. And we have a, so now we are enjoying a really balanced book of business. And it's, it's been good because when you have a rate increase or a tough time in personal lines, you still have other avenues that is bringing in that income for your agency so you can keep up that sustainability.
0: Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Uh I know we all know that the world is changing, with the internet has impacted uh not only uh producers but also how consumers buy. Uh what's the maybe uh focusing in on the thing that's changing uh in your agency and in your business that uh it's hard to keep up with and you really got to pay attention to it uh What's the one or two things in your agency that you have to focus on?
1: Well, you know, I think I think definitely with with the internet and with everything out there, we've you know tried to obviously um, I'm big on advertising, so we've tried to find ways through social media, Facebook, that kind of thing. We've kind of geared our marketing in a little different direction, um, you know, because there's so many avenues out there with the internet, but it so difficult. I I mean, I'm an older person, so uh, technically I'm not real savvy, but I do have some very good young people in my office that have helped me with that. So our marketing has changed as far as who we market to, but you know, we still do, I still believe in the face-to-face meeting type uh, business, And, and I think because we still do that. People really do like that. They We attract the kind of client, the more preferred client, like I said, that wants to sit down and talk about their insurance and be educated about their insurance and be able to make choices and um, not just buy on the Internet all the time. So I I really think that's, you know, the Internet's been good. We've utilized it. But the fact that we still value our clients' face-to-face meetings has, I think, made a big difference.
0: Sandy, as you look back uh, of the years that you've been in business, if you had a do-over, uh, if you could go back and talk to your earlier self, uh, what advice would you give yourself about uh, something that you did that you would do differently if you had the opportunity to do it
1: over? You know, I, when, you, when you were going through that question, what, I guess what comes to mind, and I don't want this to come out wrong, but what comes to mind is how I have staffed my agency. And i when I speak to um, different agents around the country, I just – staff is so important. If you want to grow your agency, you have got to get, you know, a staff behind you. And I think had I known this earlier, I would have looked more at my um, – what I was doing is building a team. Because when I look back now, I, I'm really proud of myself because we have built such an awesome team here. And I've learned a lot along the way on who fits into that team. And if I would have had that information, it would have saved me a lot of, you know, maybe employees that weren't quite the fit for my office. But, you know, those are those are kind of those growing pains. But um, right, right. honestly, just as far as things I would do differently, you know, maybe just, How, how I built my team. I mean, but again, like I said, everything happens for a reason and, and I've gotten to the point now where I know exactly the kind of employee that I want, the kind of person I want in my office. And I think that's something you really need to think about when you're hiring staff is how are they going to fit with everybody else? Because let's face it, I got a lot of women in my office and, you know, it can, it can get a little testy, but I, I just don't, you know, I just don't allow that to happen. We focus so much on being positive and, and I, I need positive people working with me every day. And, and when I've kind of figured all that out has made things a lot smoother and staff that have been on for a long time now. So that may be one thing. Just if somebody could give me a little staffing advice when I
0: first started. Yes. Well, that that's nice advice uh, and uh, I think right on target. Uh, what is um, looking forward? To the next three to five years, what excites you most about the possibilities uh, in the position you're in?
1: I would really have to say, um, you know, I'm and I'm not afraid to share this with anybody. I'm I'm in my early 60s, and you know, I've kind of tossed around. Well, am I going to? How long am I going to stay in this business? But you know. What excites me is that I have such a, I keep going back to my staff, but I have such a good staff and I'm gone a lot because I travel speaking, you know, doing a lot of speaking for farmers and um, I just have such a good staff that I can actually be away from the office more. And, you know, isn't that what we all want to work towards is that we can kind of duplicate ourselves and, and be able to leave your office and not have to worry about things. Yeah, I'm still in touch with them and that kind of, thing you know but i can actually go relax and enjoy myself and and all my hard work is is really starting to pay off and that's what's exciting for me is because i still have a business that's that's growing that is vital that's you know running like clockwork and because we've worked so hard at at all the different little pieces that we put into place so yes. that that's exciting for me i mean i'm i'm at the age now where i'm i love traveling i like getting out and and i've created an an atmosphere where I can do that
0: I think oh. you mentioned that you like to travel and play golf with your husband bert uh uh can you uh can you beat him uh when you're playing golf
1: <laughs> he's, I'm going to tell him not to listen to this but well uh. you know what he's actually he's he doesn't really like golf all that much but he'll go out with me but um yeah I don't know he's getting pretty good so i i, I <sighs> could be, I guess. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, we won't oh, tell
1: but I'll, I'll put that delicately, but...
0: Well, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll edit that part out, then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, not really. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned uh, that you grew up uh, with a business family, and uh, what type of business was your parents in when you were uh, just growing up?
1: Well, you know, it's it's so funny because I look back, and I when I talk to other agents, I talk about kind of my history, and I was that kind of... Oh, rebel child growing up. You know, my dad had a bank. Um, in fact, my whole family, my grandfather started the bank. It was the Lion State Bank, and he started the bank, and he was the president. My dad and his twin brother were vice presidents. My uncle was the treasurer, so it was a family-owned bank, and I never... My- sister, worked at the bank. My brother went into accounting and, you know, worked at, for Ernst & Young now there in Kansas City. Well, the most I ever had any business exposure was I cleaned the bank for my dad, and that was about it. So, you know, I didn't, I had a business family, but I never really got involved with business. So um I wish my dad were still alive today, because I think he would have been pretty proud of the business that I built. I think it probably would surprise him a
0: little bit. I don't oh, I'm sure know, he I'm sure yeah. uh, what kind of uh, you know because he obviously in that type of a role he's working with business owners w- what would be some advice that you think your father uh, either shared with you or would have been sharing with customers uh, about uh, running a business and uh, what what's some business advice that maybe you picked up from him that uh, you found would be applicable uh, to you and your business today?
1: My father um, was a very good example for me for running my business because. He's, he was very non-judgmental. As a banker, he would look at you know who he should be obviously loaning money to and not loaning money to, and it wasn't based on you know who a person was. It, it, he was very non-judgmental. He was also a very ethical, upstanding person. Um, he was one of those people that. People wanted to do business with him. They trusted him because they knew he was honest. He was ethical, and you know, I I think that is that is so big for um, you know. A lot of people talk about building your business on referrals. Well, pretty tough to build referrals when people don't want to refer you. And I I just really um, I really feel like my dad has instilled a lot of really strong moral character in me and. and you know, sometimes you want to write that policy, you know, and kind of go over that line a little bit, go into that gray area, but I'll tell you that has always come back and kind of been my, my guideline is, okay, yeah, I'd like to write the business, I'd like to have the business, but is it really going to be in my best interest in the end, you know, because honestly, I mean, we all know there's some business out there that is just not, not good business. So I think that's something that I, I when I look back, I didn't realize how much my dad did influence me and my mom obviously too, but when I think about his standards and his moral character and how people wanted to do business with him, that, that has been something that I've, I've grown my business on and it has really made a difference because I really feel like people can say, oh yeah, go see Sandy, she'll take care of you. And that's one thing that we really, I mean, customer service is number one. I don't care if you have one auto with us or 20 policies, you're going to get the same customer service. So right.
0: Right.
1: I think that's made a lot of difference in being able to grow.
0: Right. Sandy, uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, uh, for our guests, our listeners out there, uh, this, uh, our guest today is uh, Sandy Widmer, who is a successful farmers agent in Casper, Wyoming. Uh, Sandy, I want to thank you for being on the program. It's really been a pleasure.
1: Well, you are so welcome. I I really enjoyed doing this. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, hi. You're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode... We would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.